you're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Okay, it's a pleasure that we are able to connect in one way or the other. One of the things that um, I must say, just in case, more like an announcement, is that... um, the church, the church of our Lord Jesus Christ over the years had majored on several things. We had counted several things very important. And these things themselves are not bad, in themselves are not bad. But the, the only problem is that these things were emphasized, but or to the detriment of the thing that is the only essence of the New Testament church. And you know what the essence of the New Testament church is? The Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Our Lord Jesus never said to the people, if five of you are not together, don't do anything. He never said, if you don't have an auditorium, don't do anything. He never said if um, you don't have instrumentalists. You know now when a church is about to start, you get instrumentalists, you get the you know, singers, you get all of that, and you say you're ready for church. Now, all of that, they're, they're not wrong. But the only thing is that if we went back to what the master himself had said, at no point did he say, tarry. Until you have A, B, C, D. The only thing he said was what? Tarry until what? You're, you're endued with power from on high. The spirit of God with man is church. Praise the Lord. You see, you see, just like a human being, the moment the blood stops flowing in you, they don't call you a human being. They call you the body or the remains. What has happened? The ear is still there. The eyes are there. Everything about the person is still there. But what has happened? The life is no longer. So what they say is the remains. They say the body will be carried. They, won't, they can't say my body. No, I'm here. The same thing with the church. So what we've had being emphasized over time is, you know, the semblance. Now, by the mercy of God, this season, like we began to learn on Wednesday, is a shaking. So that the things that can be shaken will be shaken out. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> the things that can be shaken will be shaken out. Praise the Lord. So that we will get to the foundation, the rock bottom, which is Christ. Praise the Lord. So for us in this season, for those of us who are watching, everyone who will even watch later... Be assured that the church has not been touched. Praise the Lord. The essence of the church has not been touched. In Luke 24, 46 to 49, our Lord Jesus Christ, before he left, was speaking to the disciples. He said, I sent you what? 46. Let's read from there. He says, And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, 47. It says, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at 
Jerusalem. Now, this is the message of the church. And it says, what am I? What are you? It says, all of us are what? Witnesses to these things or witnesses of these things. Now, 49, it says, it says, behold, what should you do? I send the promise of my father upon you. So what should you do? He said, wait, tarry, 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 tarry until this happens. So this is the one thing that if we don't have, we can't do church. Praise the Lord. It is illegal. It is a waste of time. It is futile to do church without the Holy Ghost. But do you know that many people have been doing church without the Holy Ghost? How do I know? People don't ask, was the Holy Ghost there? They say the attendance was great. 5,000 people attended. They'll say the music, the sound was beautiful. They say if you see the ambience, isn't that what people report? Or even say, I felt good. But you see, the Holy Ghost brings heaven on earth. It brings transformation. And why is it important that the Holy Ghost has to be there? Because the Holy Ghost is eternal. And only the Holy Ghost can create an eternal work. So we gather as church so that something from eternity will come into us and make something eternal happen in us. Praise the Lord. That's what it's about. So in this season, it's important. That's why we can still love him. Nothing You see, my faith and your faith, our relationship with Christ, our service, our worship, our consecration has nothing to, has suffered nothing, cannot suffer anything. Because the essence is still there, fully loaded. Praise the Lord. In fact, it gets more interesting. This is not the sermon, this is the announcement. Praise the Lord. It's the announcement. In John 14, 25 to 26. See what our Lord Jesus Christ said. John 14, 25 to 26. He said, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Look at what he said there. He says, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. That is the Trinity. Praise the Lord. That is the Trinity. And if we go on, John 15, 26 says exactly the same thing. But 16, John 16, now verse 7, puts it in a more interesting way. This is our Lord Jesus Christ now saying something. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. He says, King James will say, it is expedient. New King James will say, it is to your advantage that I go. Praise the Lord. It is to your advantage that I go. He says, if I do not go away, the helper will not come. Imagine Jesus saying, there is something better I have. You can imagine how that would have sounded to Peter. This was the one that made him walk on water. This was the one that dragged him out of water when he was drowning. This was the one that healed his mother-in-law. This was the one that helped him pay his tax. This was the one that forgave him when he sinned. So the church, the essence of the church is the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. The Spirit of God in us. And good news, the best of the news is that this, the Spirit of God is not in buildings. Rather, he's in persons. So you and I now are the auditorium or the auditoria. Or there should be plural of auditorium. The auditoria. Of the Holy Ghost. So, wherever you are now, you're watching at home, just you yourself watching, you are the auditorium of the Holy Ghost. 
So you can have complete church. Praise the Lord. Right where you are, you can decree a thing and it will be established. You can disallow something and it will be disallowed. He says, if any two shall agree, isn't that what he said? You are in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. That is what is church. So these are some of the advantages that we are finding in this season of shaking. In this period the church is going through. We are beginning to see that I don't need the ushers to organize me. I don't need the choir to prep me. Thank God for the choir today. Who knows how long we are going to have them. Praise the Lord. I don't even need the preacher to come and preach me up. I already have the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So who knows also. Praise the Lord. So that is the announcement. The essence, the only essential for the New Testament church is the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit. In fact, can we look at that John 14, 25 and 26 in the Amplified so that you would see with me why our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at it in the Amplified. John 14, 25. We want to see the Amplified version and see what it tells us. It says, I have told you these things while I'm still with you. But the Comforter, Counselor, are you seeing who he is? Comforter, Counselor, Helper, Intercessor, Advocate, Strengthener, Standby. Who needs a standby? Who needs an intercessor? Who needs a helper? Who needs a counselor? Who needs a strengthener at this time? We have him in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. He says the Holy Spirit, this is what he does. This is who he is. You know, as this was coming to me, the Spirit of the Lord reminded me that after God had made man in the beginning, praise the Lord, at the garden. After God had made man and put Adam in the garden he made. He said, imagine if I would left only Adam. You know what will happen to you now? Only Adam will still be roaming about. Because he'll be helpless. He'll be comfortless. He will have nothing helping him. He'll be unproductive. He said, that's what, that's what we've been doing when we leave the Holy Ghost out. He would have had a lot of lions, elephants, squirrels, all of that running about. But Adam will not be able to reproduce. We won't be here. So church, people of God, brothers and sisters, let us be comforted that no matter what is being shaken, they can't shake the Holy Ghost out of you. Praise the Lord. And for those of us who are watching who don't already have the Holy Ghost in them, today by faith you will receive him. In the name of Jesus. It's good news and I'm sure it will happen because when I received the Holy Ghost, nobody laid hands on me. The pastor was preaching and he encouraged us wherever we are to just pray. And then I got home. My wife, I was the one that laid hands on her in our room in Yaba in Lagos. So right there in your house, you can receive the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. He's the promise of the Father and Jesus has asked that he be sent. So he's willing to come upon you even now. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, so that's the announcement. Hallelujah. We get on to the sermon now. Come with me to Matthew 7. Matthew chapter 7. 24 to 27. It's a passage we are quite used to. It says, 
Our Lord Jesus speaking, he says, Therefore, whoever hears the sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears the sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Can we have the message of this passage, please? Matthew seven twenty-four. The message. It says, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. They are not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational. They are foundational words. Words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you use, if you just use my words in Bible studies, note, if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter. I'm sure none of you are like that in Jesus' name. But he says this person is like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. And when the storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Praise the Lord. Our Lord Jesus is saying something here to us. He's saying that the words I speak to you are building materials. The words I speak to you are foundational materials. There are things to establish you. There are things to plant you. There are things to make you stable. Why are we taking this text today? We are taking this text today because we are in a time when the wind is blowing. Is the wind blowing? Are the waves hitting? Are the storms raging? We're in that time. And this is the time that you and I must take a step back and check if our houses are shaking or whether they are standing solid. Today is our Thanksgiving service, but responsibility will not allow me seize this opportunity to bring this meditation to you. The Bible says to us in Ecclesiastes 3.1, it says to everything there is what? A season and a time for every purpose. We're in a season now. We're in a season. And we must come, you know, and take advantage. We must utilize this moment to make our salvation and our, our faith to be profitable and advantageous to us. So the wind is blowing, the storm is heating, and all of that is happening. What is happening to us? That's what I want us to check. What is happening to us? What is happening? On Wednesday, we looked at uh, Haggai 2. Haggai 2, 6 and 7, and Hebrews 12, 26 and 27. And we saw where our God was speaking to us from Old Testament and New Testament. And what was he saying? He says, I'm the one doing the shaking. You know, there are a lot of you know, theories going out there, the Antichrist and all of that. All of them will serve the purpose of God. Praise the Lord. You see, the script of the heavens and the earth, the script of this world, there were no two people writing it. It's God's script. He's Alpha and Omega. He's beginning and he's what? 
Now he has players playing in his world. He has the first say, the middle say, and the last say. Praise the Lord. Just like the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Judas betrayed, you know, the Sanhedrin. You know, they paid the money. Pilate ordered the Romans crucified. All of that. What do we call it now? Good Friday. Because all of them work together to bring the purpose of God to be. So in our time now, I want to beg believers, don't waste your time checking who the Antichrist is, where he's coming from, whether one world government, seven world government. Don't bother yourself about it. If it was necessary for you to know, it would have been part of what Jesus would have taught you that would be in your foundation. Many people have sent videos to me. I got tired when they sent to me. I don't even bother again. I say, what is your question? People have sent videos of men of God, you know, unquote. Who prophesied, somebody said there is going to be a plague that will come out from the ocean. How does that help you? Everybody wants to become so relevant now. Let it be you say something that looks like Corona. Saying something that looks like Corona, how does that help your salvation? Has that brought vaccination? Has that brought immunity? Do you understand the scriptures? Do you understand that the faith we have, our Lord Jesus made us understand something very critical. He said, unless you are converted and become as little children, you cannot enter into this kingdom. What that means, brethren, is this. Very simple. What that means is that the the most important things of this faith, children will understand it. If anybody starts telling you something that your child can't understand, tell the person it's not necessary. Let me digress a bit. Our Lord Jesus is just, I love him. Somebody say, I love you, Jesus. He's so simple. And he simplified things for us. He made it straightforward. In Luke 12, 1 to 7, you can take it down after maybe you read it. In Luke 12, 1 to 7, he encouraged the people. He said to them, um, you know, things are going to happen. Just paraphrasing. Things are going to happen. But he said, let me reduce your attention and your gaze. He said, do not worry. About those who can kill the body. Corona is killing, is not even killing as much as the fear that is following it. It's killing about one or one point something percent. But he said, do not fear what can kill or who can kill the body. He said, let me tell you what, who to fear. Isn't that what he said? Did he say analyze the killer? Did he say study the killer? He said, don't worry. He says, don't make a big deal. He says, and I say to you, my friends, he said, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, they have no more they can do. He said, let them not worry you. Don't panic because of them. Those are words to build with. Then the next verse says something there. He says, but I will show you whom what you should fear. Who is he showing us? He said, fear him who after he has killed, what does he have? He has power to cast into hell. Into hell. He say yes. I say what? That's the one to fear. What's that saying to you? What's that saying to you? Simple. He's saying something. Simple. Is that the only concern you and I should have is to live a life of holiness. It's old school, but it is current today. You see, all the places where people hung on things that were not the gospel their foundation will be falling off now he said the only thing you need to concern yourself with is to live a life pleasing unto your father i will show you whom to fear the only thing the christian should fear 
is hell and hell is as a result of sin and sin is when you refuse to receive the gift of life in christ jesus that's the only thing to fear what am i trying to say people of god what you know what i'm trying to say let me tell you what i'm trying to say in simple words that if you fear coronavirus and the news of covid19 worries you more than anger unforgiveness pornography masturbation adultery you don't know what you're doing so for christians to make a big deal of this you know covid19 now i mean it's what is in the air it's what in the news so we'll discuss it but it cannot create as much fear it should not in the believer more than the reverence the honor the dedication and the consecration that you have to God. Have you forgotten that the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God that you do what? Present your bodies what? A living sacrifice, holy and what? Acceptable. That's Romans 12, 1 and 2. Holy and acceptable unto God. So I'm no longer my own. So when it comes to the issue of protection from the virus, I have an owner. Praise the Lord. I have an owner. And I'm serving him. And I'm living for him. And he's almighty. Isn't he almighty? Praise the Lord. So he's able to keep me. That's where all those Psalm 91 can begin to come in. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow. I'm serving him. What did the devil say to God about Job? He said, have you not built an hedge? God knows how to build an hedge around his own. The devil himself said, I cannot come near him. There is nothing in this earth, there is nothing existing in this earth that does not have boundaries. But those boundaries are not wished. They are covenant things. Praise the Lord. I can't shout it to you, you enter it yourself. I can't lay it by laying hands on you. No. I can pray for you. Praise the Lord. But you have to catch it yourself. Somebody catch the revelation in the name of Jesus. So our Lord Jesus made things clear. He said, this is what I do. He said, don't worry about those things that are discussing. Don't worry about those things that are causing them to lose sleep. He said, I'm material. I give you another illustration of our Lord Jesus Christ bringing things down. In Luke 13, Luke chapter 13 from verse 1, something happened there. The Bible says, there were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifice. They said, do you know what is happening? See what Pilate has done. Some Jews went to make sacrifice and Pilate killed them and drowned them together with their sacrifices. Verse 2. And Jesus answered and said to them, this is Jesus speaking. What did he say? He said, do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffer such things? Can you see perspective? If someone told you something like that today, what, what will we say? We'll say this agenda. These people... Isn't that what we'll say? These people. But can you see what Jesus took it back to? Verse 3, please. He said, I tell you no. That means they are not worse than us. But unless what? You repent, you will all likewise perish. He's turning all the focus from the things that are happening. He's bringing it back to you. Now, go on. 18, this is Jesus now. Our Lord Jesus bringing up this news now. He says, all those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them. He said, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? Five again, verse five. He says, I tell you no, but unless you repent, what's going to happen? He says, you all likewise pray. From this, what do we see? Our Lord Jesus wants to be our concern. 
a life of purity. A life of purity. They are killing us. They are chasing us. They are wiping us out. All of that. He said, don't worry. I know how to take care of that. The one I can't take care of is the one that Adam created from beginning. Let's remember that before Adam, you see, when God put Adam in the garden, there was no sickness. There was no, you see, coronavirus is, you know, it's evolving. So there are some, it's been coming out in one form or the other. It came out as um, SARS and all of that. There was no virus at all. Jesus is saying, the Christian's concern is to get to the point where he lives before God in that state where Adam was living before there was a sickness. He keeps turning us back to it. Why? The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Isn't it what he did? That whosoever what? Believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what it's about. Praise the Lord. That's what it's about. So we come back to where we, you know, deviated from. Where we're saying we're in a season. What do we do with it? Quickly. What do we do with it? We saw that God is shaking. And he's shaking so that the things that cannot be shaken will what? Will remain. And we look at this time. And what is it that remains when things are shaken? It's the foundation. Psalm 11 verse 3. What does it say? It says, if the foundation be destroyed. It says what? What can the righteous do? So we want to see that cross-check a bit of our foundation and make sure that it is solid. Our prayer is that this season of shaking will end quickly in the name of Jesus. But we also want to go through it so that we come out stronger. We come out better. We come out deeper. We come out wiser in the name of Jesus. We come out shining as light. So we want to see 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5. It says to us, examine yourselves. Praise the Lord. He said, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Can we have the message translation please of that? He says, test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. He said, give yourselves regular checkups. He said, you need first-hand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. He said, test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. People of God, with all the love of God in my heart, this is what God is saying to us now. This is what God is saying to us. This is what the season is about. For those of us that are Nigerians that are watching, you know that our politicians are seeing their scorecard. It's right before them. We are discussing it. It's before us. As a nation, we are seeing ourselves. The wind has blown. We are seeing ourselves. But it's not just them. The Christian also. In this season, what are you seeing? It's the foundation of your faith. How has been, even in the last few days of the lockdown, what has been... Your spirituality. Are you seeing what was religion and what was real? Is it becoming apparent? Praise the Lord. He said, examine. He says, test. He said, check this thing. Check it. Please don't drift along. Don't say many years ago, 17 years ago, 15 years ago. Or don't even claim church membership. You must test yourself. Why? Because what we are going through as uh, the world now. 
is the shaking like we've you know we can't emphasize it enough and the shaking is not to destroy is to demarcate is to separate is to help us to have the right focus so that we can finish well i pray you finish well in the name of jesus i pray you finish well let's find a scripture that will help us do just a little of this test we're still looking at the man who builds this house so that is what the test is about will my house stand come with me to first thessalonians we referred to this passage recently in church and um it is interesting it's coming up again we referred to recently in church in first thessalonians um Chapter 4 and 5, you can read it at your time, the whole chapter. But we're going to take um, chapter 4 and 5 and I'll skip a few, through a few places. Chapter 4 from 16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Verse 18. I hope you have your Bible open at home. I want you to read verse 18 with me. It says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. What are these words talking about? These words are talking about the end. These words are talking about the rapture. They are talking about the events that it's as though we are entering in. Now, the Holy Spirit in the word of God is saying, this should comfort the believer. Now, let me give you one quick test. If the thought of the end panics you, if what the Bible says should comfort you, discomforts you, if what the Bible says should excite you. The Apostle Paul says, as many as look for his appearing. If what the Bible says should spur you on, is making you draw back and say, no, 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 no. Then something needs to be done while there is life. Many months ago, I think it was last year. I think it must have been last year. I came up and made an announcement like I made today in church. And the Lord said, tell them that many people who think they are going to heaven are not going. Because you see, he said the road that leads to life is what? He said it's narrow. He said the gate is straight. And the road is narrow. And there will be few that what? That find it. He said that the road that leads to destruction is broad. And the gate wide. And there will be many that go through it. What was the point of that announcement? Don't assume you are on that road. Because if you're on a straight and narrow road, you will know. Praise the Lord. If you're on a straight and narrow, you will know. You will know the constraints. You will feel it. Praise the Lord. You will feel the hindrances. And then you know what is also pushing you. The Holy Spirit says here, comfort them that soon, in a moment, they'll be caught up. How come when we hear messages on end time, rapture, we panic. This was comfort. This was the feel-good message of the time. Praise the Lord. For the genuine believer. You see, I did boarding house. And I did boarding house when boarding house was boarding house. You see, towards the end of the term, I, we would count seconds before we go home. What's that song? 
Holiday is coming. No more ringing bells. No more money bells. No more, you see, no more senior spanking, sending, you know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I know what it was to look forward to going home. The Christian who is not looking forward to going home needs to do a surgery. Praise the Lord. As simple as that. If you're not looking forward to going home, let me paint another picture that will help you capture the way the Lord was trying to minister to me. Many of us here, I don't know when you started driving, but you have been caught in the type of traffic. I don't know if you've been caught in the type of traffic where owning a car became a body. I don't know, you may not have experienced it, but several times I've been caught in a traffic where I envied passengers. Because the passengers came out from their buses and the taxis trekked for a few minutes, maybe 15 minutes, and were free. Those of us who were driving our cars were stuck. Now, let me tell you what he's saying. He's saying the Christians that are burdened with the world, the Christians that are falling in love with the world, the Christians that have been consumed by the world. That's why when you say leave, it feels to them like, I can't go. I'm entangled. This is holding me. But the life of the believer is to be so lived lightly. He says he will come like what? A thief in the night, in the twinkling of an eye. That's what it is. So the Christian leaves and he's ready. He's like somebody in a bus or kicking up him. The traffic is too much. He gets out and he treads. If you don't feel like that, praise the Lord. If you're not feeling like that, please. It's the exam. That's what he said. He said because when the wind blows, the house will fall. We want to have the stability. So as the wind blows, we're standing solid. Praise the Lord. So quickly, we read the other part of it. First uh, Thessalonians 5, the next chapter, we read on. It says, For concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly well that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pangs upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. But let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And as a hellman, the hope of salvation. Verse 9, if you're, if you're with your Bible, I'd like us to read this together. It says, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Very important. God did not appoint us. The appointment we have with him is glory. Praise the Lord. Everything on this earth is the worst it can be. That's why when, when, when as believers we try to say our best life now, we've not read the Bible. It's not true. What the Apostle Paul calls what we're going through now, he says these light afflictions that are working for us, what? A far heavier weight of glory. He says, he says a time is going to come when Christ, who is our life, will appear. Then we will also see him and when we see him, we will be like him. 
Now, events are going to happen that will culminate, that will activate this thing to happen. When these events begin to happen, should we panic? No, we should lift up our eyes. We see this thing. We, live, we cannot panic like the world. Praise the Lord. We, we don't even waste our time analyzing too much what they're saying and who they're saying. You know, one world religion, one world government, one world, all of that. Let them be doing. That's how Pilate and, you know, Sanhedrin and the Pharisees and Judas and the rest of them were doing. Praise the Lord. But the agenda of God was prospering. So in this time, we know that the believer is not appointed to wrath. Why? Because in Christ Jesus, the wrath of God has been expired. It's as simple as that. That's why we rejoice. That's why the apostle Paul can be in prison, in stocks, his his hands and feet bound. And he will write to us and say to us, rejoice. Rejoice. The apostle Paul was in prison. We don't know how long. Let's say he was in prison seven years. Let's say he was in prison 20 years. Let's say he was even in prison 40 years. And Felix, Festus, you know, Herod, and all the rest of the people that tried him were free. Let's say they were free and kings for 100 years. Now, where is Paul? Now, where is Festus? Where is Felix? Where is Herod? Can you see what this thing is about? Praise the Lord. That is what believers understand. So, it doesn't mean that in this life, we may not enjoy luxuries. But the luxuries don't make us to get carried away. That's why he said to us in verse 8, look at verse 8. He said, but, verse 8 says, but let us who are of the day be sober. You know what it means to be sober? You know, the people who say, Uchegidia, your mind is there, you're not carried away. So God enlarges your status in life. You don't talk foolishly. God promotes you. You don't disdain those who are, you know that this thing is assignment. You don't refuse some of your friends, you don't talk to to people anyhow you don't say my friend shut up you know i will slap you with one million you, you don't say that you're sober you're blessed you're a billionaire but you're black you know your mind is there it's very important praise the lord you see this thing oh, holy spirit help me this thing is too important you know why someone said and i agree the christian do you know why many christians are not extremely prosperous do you know why let me tell you, it's the love of God. Let me tell you why. You are more likely to make a good finish of your Christian journey without extreme prosperity than you are to make with extreme prosperity. Let, let me prove it to you because I know a lot of people are going to argue with me, Pastor. You can ask come again. Let me tell you this. Solomon was a man that was so wise that could only be compared, Jesus says, greater than Solomon. So he was one of those. He was one person we know that was greater in wisdom than Solomon. The queen of Sheba searched all over and traveled to come and hear the wisdom of Solomon, isn't it? But this Solomon, God appeared to him twice. This Solomon asked God, and God gave him wisdom. But this same Solomon, when God blessed him and said to him, one thing I require, do not turn away from me. What happened? The Bible says his prosperity filled his heart. And the first direction was that he got 1,000 ladies. That's an encyclopedia. And when he got them, what happened? He said they turned his heart away. That's how he missed it. If Solomon was fighting battles like David, he would not have missed it. Are you understanding? 
The, David himself says, before you afflicted me, I went astray. You see, may God not prosper me beyond my sense. Hallelujah. Some of us would have, our wives would tell us how sometimes you just make a little 15 million like this. And the way you answer her, the only question she asks you, the way you answer her, yes now, Egusi, what will you? You know? Because before, when you give her money for food, you say, honey, please manage. But now you, you transfer 500,000. And she's coming to ask you, darling, what will you? Egusi now. You see, your tone has changed because money has enlarged. Your wings are going like this. You can't, you can't keep your hands down. This, <laughs> you know, you can't keep your hands. So, so the Bible says in verse 8, it says, let us who of the day world, let us be sober, sober, sober. So when you hear Christians, when you hear a Christian talk and he sounds like the world, he's no longer sober. He's at risk. But thank God for Christians living the life. You hear them talk and you see what they're functioning. You see their status in society. You see their giftings and their, you know, the different things. You're encouraged because you know this man is bringing forth the fruit of the spirit. There are many like that. Many who are representing well. You see anointed men, anointed women, gifted men, prosperous men. But they have the fruit of the spirit. They are sober. They know that they are ready to go now. But you hear some, the way they talk about this world. Eh? Some who want to beat Michael Jackson. Some who want to be in the same league with Bill Gates. How can you be a believer and be wanting to be compared with the billionaires of the world? How can that be your concern? You're, you're, that means you're no longer sober. You know, one of the ways to get information from somebody is to, you know, give him a few drinks. Things he wouldn't have said, he'll start saying it. That's what happens. When we start boasting, you know, as pastors, our congregation, you know, our building, you know, I'm, I'm more anointed. Do you know who I am? Why are you sitting me here? Why are you calling me like that? They called your name. It's your name they called. Ikenna. And it becomes an offense. Who are you calling Ikenna? Do you know who you're calling? It's Ikenna I'm calling. <laughs> what has happened is that we are no longer sober. But it says what? Be sober. Why? Which? Because we are of the day. We are seeing clearly. Just meditate on that scripture. It says we are, verse, verse 4 calls us 5. says we are sons of light and sons of the day. You know why we are sons of light? Let me tell you why. It means that we know the whole truth. You know why people behave foolishly? It's incomplete knowledge. Praise the Lord. It's incomplete knowledge that makes people behave foolishly. When the Bible says we are children of light, it means we are seeing clearly. When a man sees that he has no capacity to sustain himself for the next five seconds, if God says no, he will be humble. What's the name of the king? That stretched out his hand and said, arrest that prophet. And when he was stretching it out, he had permission, he had power to. To return it, they withdrew the power. So that's how he So he learned that even stretching out hand to command, heaven has to permit it. That's how his hand was. He started begging, please. Permission. <laughs> we get carried away. That's the truth. We get carried away. That was what destroyed Samson. Samson got carried away with the power they gave him. His mother told him. His father told him. He saw himself killing a lion. Samson did not do press up. Samson did nothing. If he did, he would have told Delilah, if you know how many, I do 700 press-ups, one per minute. 
In one minute, I've done ch ch He wasn't doing anything, but he got carried away. He refused to be sober. This season is a season to be sober. Praise the Lord. In our prosperity, for those of us who haven't really prospered, we are already sober automatically by default. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yes, your bank balance makes you sober. <laughs> but let us all the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith. I want to round up. My, our time is gone. The breastplate of faith. And love, the breastplate. You see, one of the translations calls this the corslet. Some corset, some corslet. You see, the undergarment of faith. Why? Because this is what is going to hold us through. The world will shake us. But what is our faith? We know who created this world. We know who is in charge. Brethren, the things that are happening are mysterious. But you see, faith does not allow us to take information. And assimilate from outside inwards. Faith makes us go from from inward outwards. That's what it is. So we get ourselves with faith. What has God's word said? What is the promise of God? What is the counsel of God? What is the agenda of God? In fact, you church, you have to in this season. I please, I beg you, you have to in this season from time to time ask yourself the question: Who runs the world? You, you must. Who runs the world? It's our God. It says, I am the Lord and there is no other. I don't have time to read your scriptures. When you go home, read Jeremiah 10.10. Where he was talking. He says, me, I'm God. There is no, I mean, several times he had to remind his people. Who runs the world? It's God. It's God. It's God. It's God. Why do the hidden rage and the people blot everything against the Lord and against his and God runs his world. That's what faith tells us. Faith, the Bible says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And not just framed, it's also upholding it by the word. Praise the Lord. You have the software that controls the world. That's what it is. So we hold on to faith. Praise the Lord, somebody. The next one says love. Very important. You see, faith is so important. But without love, our faith becomes without profit. But that's why I really don't want to waste time with believers. Most of what I'm saying, I'm trusting that some unbelievers. So please, if you're watching, share it online. Let your friends listen. You see, love is what says to you and I in this season. I don't know what I do. You see, love helps you understand that. With all these things at stake, why should I have it and you won't have it? Why should I be a beneficiary of the mercy and the forgiveness of God and you don't have it? I'm no better than you. Praise the Lord. That's what love does. Love says, look at what Christ has done for me. Look at what God has done for me. Who am I? The leper said, it's a dove good news. It says something evil will happen if we keep it to ourselves. That's what love says. The apostle Paul says the love of Christ constrains me. Because I judge what? That if one died for, then he all have died. And those who live should no longer what? live for themselves. We don't live for ourselves. And somebody is asking, how can I love my neighbor? Mention their names to God in prayer. How can I love them? Call them on the phone. 
How can I love them? Be patient with them. How can I love them? Bear with them in their weaknesses. You see, I have problems when believers sin. I can't understand it. But let me tell you, I understand when unbelievers sin. They have no choice. Praise the Lord. Their operating system is sin. The believer, for the believer, the sin nature has been destroyed. The believer has been born of God. We mix things up. In the house, the Bible says, whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. Why? Because the operating system inside of you is God's operating system. So the believer sins willfully. Do you understand? The believer steps out and goes to sin. But the unbeliever is under bondage to sin. So when the unbeliever sins, he needs compassion. That's why Jesus did not condemn the woman that was caught in adultery. But rather he declared the gospel to her. You have met me now. Go and what? Sin no more. Praise the Lord. So love, faith, yes, to hold us. But once we are standing, we can't stand ourselves. It has to be love. The beautiful thing, brethren, is that this gospel we have, let's not forget that the blood our Lord Jesus shed on the cross is enough for the whole world to make heaven. Is enough. Up to today, I still pray for Buhari's salvation. Do you understand? I pray because the blood Jesus shed paid for him. The blood that paid for me paid for him. He paid for everybody in this world. And he will be happy if all these people make it. And it's depending on you and I. Now, let's leave the people that are far. What about people close to you? Are you watching here and there is someone you're quarreling with? There's someone you're in, you have unforgiveness towards? There's someone that has provoked you? Can, you. can your love overcome the evil that was done to you? That's what those who are going do. That's what those who are ready for rapture do. That's what those who are children of the day do. They overcome evil with good. They don't return evil for evil. They take good and scatter evil. Praise the Lord. So faith, love, we're still on verse 8. And then it says, as a helmet, the hope of salvation. That's where we started from. Well, we know that some, someday. As a helmet, the hope of salvation. This hope is not maybe. It is it's not today, then it will be tomorrow. If it's not tomorrow, then it will be next tomorrow. We are waiting for it. Father, we thank you. We give you the praise. We thank you for this time that you have privileged us to sit at your feet. Thank you for the presence of your spirit that causes eternal results to be achieved in us and through us. Precious Holy Ghost, we lift up your church. We lift up your people in this time. You know what is going on. And you know what is expected of us. You are our helper. Come and help us. You are our comforter. Come and comfort the faint-hearted. You are our strengthener. Come and strengthen the weak. You are our intercessor. In our areas of failing. Please pray for us. Spirit of the living God. We confess corporately and individually. That we need you now more than ever before. You are the foundation upon which we stand. You are the roof over our head. You are everything to us. You are the one whom we were told not to go until we have you. 
Lord, we lift up our hands. We lift up our hearts. And we say we want more. Come in your strength and power. Come and fill us afresh. Come and enable us. Let this life of God become our experience. Let all the religious things, all the religiosities go. Let the beauty of this internal relationship, the sweetness of hearing your voice, of speaking to you, of loving you, of being strong in the inner man, let it come and become the experiences of your people. Lord, we stand in the gap for our generation. And we say, Lord, we know you deserve more. We know you deserve more. We say, make us witnesses. Pray for my brothers and sisters everywhere they are. Lord, by your anointing, cause them to stand strong. Let their heads be lifted. That this ones, oh Lord, having won private and personal victories, may become emissaries of the kingdom. Let them have testimonies to declare to those who have ears. Let them be able to say, once I was blind, but now I see. And the same God can do it for you. Lord, we pray for those who are constrained by economic situations. You are the God who said, Do not worry about what you shall eat or what you shall drink. You said, You are heavenly Father, knows the things that we have need of. In this season, we'll pray for miraculous provision. Lord, that your people will know that you are their God. You know where every one of yours are. You know their circumstances and you know their situations. You are the supplier. You fed a whole nation for 40 years. They did not go to the supermarket. Lord, you're able to take care of your own. You are the same God yesterday. We may not know how. We may not know where. But you do it again and again and again. We give you praise, O Lord. And for somebody that is watching, oh Lord, who is yet to commit his life, call upon Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Time is passing. I want you to say after me right now and this moment. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Jesus, you are love. You are life. You are Lord over everything. You came into this world to die for sinners. I am one of them. I come to you today. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me from my guilt. And give me the power to live life from this day as the son of God. Jesus, let me have this assurance of salvation. Please write my name in your book of life thank you lord jesus i will follow you for the rest of my days i am yours i am born again thank you father in jesus christ's name we we'll pray praise the lord somebody praise jesus somebody praise the lord at home
You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.